0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Everybody, welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, Michael Cutler. It is Friday, it is June 25th, 2021. Goodness. Uh, June, uh, this is the last weekend for June, fourth of July weekend coming up real quickly. <clears throat> and something else to consider is that we are just a couple of months away uh, from the terror attacks of September 11th, 2001. Um, I'll have a lot to discuss about that, and so many other issues, issues that the Biden administration are apparently oblivious to, acti- actually acting in spite of, in spite of the warnings and recommendations of the 9 eleven Commission, in spite of common sense, in spite of what the laws require. My gosh, where in the world do we begin? I thank you for joining me. But as you know, knowledge is power. The purpose of this program and the mission that I have been on ever since 9-11 and even prior to 9-11 is to wake up as many of our fellow Americans and our supposed leaders about the significance of America's borders and immigration laws. There are a lot of people seating at a very deep and lucrative trough when they're able to bypass our borders, when they're able to bring in an army of foreign workers. And frankly, there are many people who profit when narcotics flow freely into our country because that money that has to go back to the cartels is moved by all sorts of nefarious and devious means to launder the money and conceal its origins. And it involves everything from banks to Wall Street to real estate, These folks are very ingenious, and Americans are dying, and dying in unprecedented numbers. In fact, one of the most troubling statistics I just saw was that in the last year, in part because of COVID, over 90,000 Americans died of drug overdoses. That doesn't include people whose lives were ruined by drugs or people who died because of Drug-related violence, the cartels are violent, the drug traffickers are violent. It doesn't go into how many people were robbed, injured, or killed by people desperate to get their hands on money so they could buy the drugs to which they've been addicted. Drug addiction in America is rot. It is rotting out the center of our country, the heart of our country. Young people are dying. Lives are being lost. Futures for our children are lost. People that become addicted uh, have one hell of an obstacle to overcome if they survive. And what are we doing about it? We know so much of the narcotics trade goes across our borders, not just the Mexican border, the Canadian border, Seaport, lots of that junk coming in through international airports. But the reality is, that immigration is a key element of the drug trade. Now, I'm speaking from experience. Those of you who are familiar with me know my background. I I didn't do ride-alongs with police. You know, we have these so-called journalists. I know what's going on. I did a ride-along. Well, that's great. That's like saying I sat in the back of an airliner so I know what was happening in the cockpit. Baloney. I was with the INS 30 years. For 26 of those years, I was a special agent. And for 15 years... Uh, either through my assignment through the Unified Intelligence Division of DEA as the immigration representative, or when I was promoted and spent the last 10 years of my career with the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force, I had a front row seat for narcotics investigations. I was an active participant in making arrests, conducting investigations, conducting uh, interrogations, gathering evidence, testifying in, in various venues. I... Sort up close. The drug trade <clears throat> is insidious. It is violent. It funds terrorism as well as the cartels. I've spoken about it frequently in the past. Hezbollah is operating throughout Latin America along with other Middle Eastern terrorist organizations working cooperatively with the drug cartels to smuggle narcotics into the United States to raise money for terrorism. Also to screw up America. They hate our guts. They consider us their bitter enemy. They're certainly our enemy. <clears throat> you have a member of Congress doing what we need to do to protect America. If you hate the country and you can bring the country down, then you're doing a good thing if you hate America as much as some of these political, um, I don't know what to call them. So we've got a huge problem. It's been a growing problem. And in the middle of these epidemics of addiction, You have cities and states legalizing marijuana. How wonderful. Marijuana is a gateway drug. Yes, it's true that not everybody who smokes pot is going to go on to heroin or crack or or methamphetamine, but it's a wrong message at a wrong time, and children's lives hang in the balance. America's future hangs in the balance. The 9-11 Commission made it abundantly clear that border security is national security. We have no border security under the Biden administration. And full disclosure, I'm a registered Democrat. It was the Republicans who started this push for open borders going back to Ronald Reagan. And I know I'm going to upset some conservatives, but I'm at the point, folks, where I don't care who I piss off, to be really blunt about it. We have to deal with the truth, not the truth we'd like to believe, but the truth as it exists, because there is only one version of the truth. Ronald Reagan, ill-conceived amnesty, And we were all told, well, it was going to be a million aliens. We were briefed from headquarters. I was an agent back in 86 when this thing happened. Turned out almost 4 million got amnesty. But that's another lie. Everyone tells me, oh, yeah, almost 4 million, 4 million. Yeah, sure. Okay. The real number is probably over 20 million. We don't know. They've concealed the real number. Now, how do they get the 20 million? Because every alien who got legalized had an immediate absolute right to bring in their spouses and their minor children, as would the Biden amnesty. So let's say each alien, and there were nearly 4 million, brought in four kids each and a spouse. You do the math. We're looking at maybe 20 million altogether. Now we're looking at maybe 25, 30 million. We keep hearing 11 million. It's been 11 million for the last 11 years. Yale University, I've talked about this before, said probably 22, 23 million illegal aliens, and that was as of two years ago before the insanity of this dysfunctional a Biden administration came into power that trashed the immigration enforcement program and our secure border that Donald Trump was building to, to create. Now, I don't agree with Trump on, on, on issues. I agreed with him some issues, disagreed on other issues. It's about protecting the, the American people and the Constitution, not the politicians. And I'm going to be honest. And maybe you're going to disagree, and that's fine. As Americans, we've got to get used to understanding how we can disagree with each other and have a civil conversation based on fact, not on accusations. I was disturbed on January 6th when people said, fight for Trump. I will never fight for a politician. I will fight for my family. I will fight to defend the Constitution. I will fight to protect the American people, the American nation. But America has to understand that we are more than our leaders. And there are precious few leaders to be found in politics. Most of them are cowards. Most of them do what is, quote, politically expedient. We've all heard that term. What does it mean? Their position changes the way the wind blows. It's not about taking a position based on morality or core beliefs. There are some politicians who do that. And generally they get into deep trouble because both parties have a problem with that they want good little boys and girls that do the bidding of the political elite who are getting the money from the chamber of commerce the american immigration lawyers association various religious organizations and unions and so forth it's about manipulating the american people to consolidate power and wealth at our expense that's what it's about parties And when i hear people saying that they're going to cancel america they hate america Someone needs to ask the people that hate America that much. And America has blemishes. It's not a a flawless country. Humans are not capable of being flawless. We are flawed creatures, okay? I don't care who you are. If you're honest, I bet you that if you look back throughout your life, you could find a couple of days when you did or said or didn't do things or didn't say things that you wish you could go back in time and change because we all screw up. If you don't think you've ever screwed up, you're lying to yourself or you're a buffoon. We've all done dopey things, things that are hard to justify, maybe impossible to justify. Countries are no different. But America makes the biggest blunders when it kowtows to the superpowerful who got superpowerful by ignoring morality and everything else. They have a single-minded focus on dominating, winning at all costs, beating the competition doing what it takes to destroy anything in their path. That's how you become a multi-billionaire, almost invariably. It's hard to be a nice guy when you're a billionaire because you don't do nice guy things to acquire that kind of wealth. And I think about a guy like Mike Bloomberg, worth $60 billion and couldn't bring himself to describe China as a totalitarian communist country because he was afraid they might stop doing business with him. So here's Mike Bloomberg, 80 years old, worth $60 billion. He can't spend the money coming into his accounts on a daily basis. He's awash in money and lacked the moral spine, the moral fiber, to stand up and call China out and say to them, you know what, you don't want to do business with me? Go to hell. Go someplace warm, real warm, because it's ingrained in Mike Bloomberg. Money, money, power, money we see it across the board <laughs> look at what, what what is going on with amazon with bezos took away the health insurance from his part-time workers the guy is the wealthiest man on the planet he has more money than some countries and he still said that nah, we'll get rid of their health insurance and we'll treat the employees like machines and if they move their hands unnecessarily or they do something i don't like we'll just flat out fire them why he can't spend the money he has he has incredible wealth incredible influence but it's ingrained in him he is a cancer cancer has an insatiable appetite for nutrients cancer secretes hormones so that the body surrounds the tumor with a network of blood vessels and every day the tumor grows and grows and grows It just sits there and soaks in the nutrients, starving off all the other healthy tissue in the victim's body. But cancer can't think, because when you kill the victim of cancer, the tumor dies with the rest of the body. But cancer is mindless. Supposedly, Mike Bloomberg has an engineering degree. He's an intelligent guy. But he is as determined to get his hands on wealth. Same thing of Bezos, the same thing with all of them. They are a malignancy that need money more than anything in the universe, and no they'll stop at nothing, to get it. It is sociopathic. And when America follows the demands of people like that, we blunder into things that we shouldn't be doing. And that was why Eisenhower, who's one of my favorite presidents of all time, one of the most qualified presidents to ever occupy that office, warned America about the military-industrial complex because he knew that he had created the military-industrial complex to defeat the Nazi war machine, but he had created a Frankenstein, a monster that wanted more wars and more money and more power and more money, and and so he warned America, beware the military-industrial complex. It was an act of morality that drove Eisenhower to make that statement. Think about that. You have corporations that violate all sorts of laws, and everyone winks and blinks and nods, and it's cool because they can get away with it, and when they can't get away with it, they scream like scalded cats, but very rarely does anybody go to jail. Once in a while it happens, but probably not nearly enough. So for the people that are screaming about how terrible America is, I'd ask that they look at any other country. Iran, China, Russia. (laughs) Stalin was responsible for the deaths Of tens of millions of russians to maintain power where was the morality where was the morality look at what america is up against if america falters waiting in the wings are china russia and iran what could possibly go wrong and for these knuckleheads that run around saying that they're the anti-fascist antifa they are the fascists you know who the real anti-fascists are the men and women of the armed forces. I was having a discussion with my wife this past week. We talked about Juneteenth. And, and I'm happy that Juneteenth is now a national holiday. I think it's important to celebrate um, that America did what was morally right. That's fine. But we got into a discussion with one of my kids, and he said, you know, Dad, maybe there should be a holiday in America because of the Holocaust. They said, well, there is, a national, there is a global Holocaust remembrance um, uh, day or week. But we do celebrate in America the liberation of the concentration camps, the end of the Holocaust. And he said, how is that? I, I, what day is that? I said, well, there's actually two days that we celebrate it, Veterans Day and Memorial Day. Ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that the anti-fascists were those young men and women, mostly young men back then, boys, many of them, teenagers, who stormed the beaches at Normandy who flew missions over um, Japan, who went after the Germans, Battle of the Bulge, go through all those great battles, which should be taught in school. This should be part of history. I, I never understood why we were so focused on what happened during the Revolutionary War, and we ignored what happened in the Second World War when I was back in high school. It's important to know where we came from and the founding fathers and their brilliance and how they put together a government that at least so far has survived over 250 years. But the bottom line, though, the bottom line, why don't we learn about what America did in the name of freedom, liberty, and justice? You see? Because if it wasn't for the valiant men of the army, the valiant members of the army, I won't say only men, because there were women in the armed force. We had the wax and the waves and so forth. And many of them died also. And our allies. How much blood was spilled to end the scourge of fascism, Nazism. So if you want to celebrate the end of fascism, look no further than Memorial Day and Veterans Day. America did that. Flawed America. America with all of its issues. The insanity is this cancel culture will ultimately come for everybody. Remember what I said at the beginning of my talk this evening. Nobody could look back in his or her background without pointing to a day when we did things that we wish we hadn't done or should have acted when we didn't act. And we look back with regret, not a good feeling, and you scratch your head and you say, gee whiz, what the hell was I thinking? Because we're human and we make mistakes and we don't always get it right. I don't know of any country that has made greater strides to try to get it right on a continuing basis. But I remember not long ago, back when Jay Leno did, um, what was it, the jaywalking on the the Tonight Show, and you had Waters World interviewing college kids at some of our best universities, Columbia University. And asked these geniuses, right, these elitist geniuses, who did America fight in the Second World War? There were actually kids who thought that America fought England in the Second World War. Well, it's not a joke. Because if you don't understand what happened in the Second World War, then you don't understand what fascists really look and smell like, what they're capable of. I'm Jewish, my family was decimated in the Holocaust. I was named for my mother's mother, my grandmother, who could not get out of Poland, and was killed during the war along with her family because of our religion, we're Jews. That's what fascists do. And this nonsense that these clowns that go out there and beat up reporters, and intimidate people, and they say that they're fighting fascism. They are the fascists, the real Antifa, the real anti-fascists, the U.S. Armed Forces. Those young soldiers went out there and laid down their lives or came home horrifically injured in a life-changing way to end Nazism and fascism. Think about that. Ask your kids or your neighbors the next time the conversation comes up if they realize who the real anti-fascists were, especially in the Second World War. Think about that. It's infuriating. And I find the hypocrisy of our supposed leaders incomprehensible. It is outrageous to me. Uh, I have to tell you, I wrote two articles, that were published in the past week I'm very happy to have done that And one of the articles that I wrote was for Front Page Magazine And you know I've been writing for Front Page Magazine since around 2014 It's, it's kind of scary It's like you know, almost seven years now that I've been uh, happy or, or about seven years I guess that I've been writing for them I'm very happy about that I'm very proud of my relationship with David Horowitz and his Freedom Center But I wrote an article because I I still use AOL for my email. And if you go to AOL when you start up in the morning, you get the news alerts. So I saw this news alert, and it was published on June 17th. This is AOL reporting on on an Associated Press article. And I wrote my piece. I hope that after the program you'll all go and look at my articles and forward them to everybody either Facebook or whatever social media. Email them. Call them up. Tell them to go to front page. I want to provoke a conversation. We need conversations. I've often said that one of the best ways <clears throat> we can celebrate Memorial Day and Veterans Day and the 4th of July, forget about the barbecues. If you want to have a barbecue, that's great. But use the barbecue as an opportunity to get with your neighbors, friends, family, and have honest conversations. And it's okay to disagree. In fact, you should disagree because nobody agrees with each other 100% of the time. And I can look back to positions I've held on issues in the past where I've changed my position because, as we learn, sometimes we have an epiphany, that magic moment when the lightning bolt strikes and you say, gee whiz, I've gotten it wrong. And you've got to be mature about this and you've got to be adult about it and say, yeah, I can make a mistake. I got it wrong. We need to sit down with our neighbors and say, look, you may disagree with me, but why don't we have a conversation and see if we can find some common ground? It's not good to keep fighting. We're friends. We're Americans. What should unite all of us is the fact that we're Americans. Forget this white privilege crap. What we have is American privilege, and we're about to lose it if we're not careful. American privilege. My mother came to America at the age of 13 and lived by herself in a rooming house, couldn't speak the language, and supported herself. At the tender age of 13, she worked in a sweatshop making umbrellas for $3 a week. White privilege, huh? Lots of luck. We have American privilege. Though what I saw <clears throat> was a level of blatant hypocrisy that almost caused my head to explode. I thought my the top of my head was going to lift off and rotate like the rotor blades on a helicopter. Because the article that I read, And and, and this is what what blew my mind. This is the AOL headline. Uh, Justice Department, colon, Missouri governor can't void federal gun laws. And let me read the beginning of that article, and and it enraged me. Because think about Donald Trump and immigration sanctuary cities. And he said, we've got to end sanctuary policies. We're violating the 9-11 Commission. We have criminals coming into the country. We have child molesters and rapists coming into the country. We're displacing American workers. We need to stop this. We need to have control over our immigration system. And by the way, the same immigration laws that tell us who to kick out and keep out, and it has nothing to do with race or religion or ethnicity, I arrested people from all over the world. (coughs) Pardon me. (coughs) It's about keeping out aliens with dangerous communicable diseases or mental illness or criminals or terrorists or spies. Let me just grab something to drink. Bear with me one moment. <coughs> I hate when that happens. Um, so it's about protecting American Americans from criminals and terrorists and people with diseases and eventually protecting American jobs and wages. It's rational. It's reasonable. It's fair. We've done it for many years. What is wrong with that? The Democrats used to be strongest on this. Bernie Sanders back in 2006 stood with the AFL-CIO, and he told the audience that anybody who knowingly hires illegal aliens should be prosecuted because they're taking jobs uh, and and wages away from Americans and destroying the middle class. Bernie Sanders was right, but he has changed, hasn't he? They've all been gotten to one way or the other. But what this article started out saying, this AOL article, the Justice Department is warning Missouri officials that the state can't ignore federal law after the governor signed a bill last week that bans police from enforcing federal gun laws. (coughs) Oh, I'm sorry, forgive me. In a letter sent Wednesday night and obtained by the Associated Press, justice officials said that the U.S. Constitution's supremacy clause, thats the same clause that Trump invoked and he was attacked for it. <clears throat> In fact, if you substitute the word gun laws for immigration laws, this could have been written by the Trump Justice Department. Think about that. In a letter sent Wednesday night and obtained by the Associated Press, justice officials said that the U.S. Constitution's Supremacy Clause outweighs the measure that Governor Mike Parson signed into law on Saturday. The new rules penalize local police departments if their officers enforce federal gun laws. Now, again, if it said immigration laws, you'd be looking at the Trump administration. It goes on and says this, incredibly. Acting Assistant Attorney General Brian Boynton said that the law threatens to disrupt the working relationship between federal and local authorities, they said in the letter, noting that Missouri receives federal grants and technical assistance. Quote, the public safety of the people of the United States and the citizens of Missouri is paramount, Boynton wrote in the letter. So think about that. Boynton's action interrupts and interferes with the cooperation between state, local, and federal authorities. Sounds like federal immigration law, where ICE agents are prohibited from even doing DMV checks in places like New York State. Something as fundamental as that. So the Biden administration not only agrees with immigration sanctuary policy, but they've essentially implemented... (laughs) sanctuary policies for the federal government immigration agents have been told you may not arrest illegal aliens the law says they can but biden said no and it's not enough that you even have a, a duly authorized warrant of deportation warrant of removal signed by an immigration judge no good the alien also has to have a series of serious convictions for felonies <clears throat> or you will face discipline if you dare to arrest an illegal alien No we always arrested illegal aliens even without warrant. if i was looking to arrest a bad guy and there were other people in the apartment we arrested them all because they're here in violation of law they're trespassing on america if someone robs a bank and they don't tell the police you either arrest them in the bank or if they escape from the bank they're home free that's nonsense but besides stopping construction of the wall Biden is getting rid of the current chief of the Border Patrol, who refuses to become a puppet for a news newspeak and refer to illegal aliens as migrants. Migrants, by the way, has nothing to do with immigration status. America has many migrants who are American citizens. Migrants, by definition, are farm workers who move from farm to farm and state to state looking for work. They migrate. That's why they're called migrants, those who, those who migrate has nothing to do with immigration. Yes, there are illegal immigrants who work on the farms, and they're displacing the American farm workers, driving down the wages, taking the jobs the American migrant workers need. Think about that. So Boynton says the safety of the citizens are paramount. Go back to the 9-11 Commission that said that every one of the uh, aliens who came here violated immigration law, whether they committed fraud, whether they committed other immigration violations, used false documents. The 9-11 Commission, and I provided a testimony to the 9-11 Commission, I've investigated and I've arrested international terrorists. Every one of them violated multiple sections of the immigration law, lying about their background, entering without inspection, found in possession of firearms as an illegal alien, which, by the way, is a 10-year felony the immigration laws are critical to the successful investigation and deterrence of foreign terrorists from operating in the United States. But that's not what we're hearing. And then you have Kamala Harris saying, well, we know why the immigrants are coming here. We're going to go to the Central American countries and work with them to take away the reason that they leave home. We're going to give them money. First of all, not everybody who comes to the United States illegally is coming to make money. Some are. And for the record, any alien who comes to America because they live in poverty and applies for political asylum is ineligible for political asylum because they are looking for economic asylum. They're economic refugees. There's no provision in any of America's immigration laws economic refugees if we would admit people based on being economic refugees we would have to admit half of the world's population because probably three to four billion people who live on planet earth live well below any concept of the poverty line they don't have water they don't have electricity they don't have indoor plumbing they don't have secure food they are living in abject poverty. So if we're going to say that anybody who is an economic refugee should be admitted into the United States, hold on to your seatbelt because companies coming, and that's exactly what we're witnessing on the Mexican border, economic refugees. But many of the people that come here aren't coming here simply to work. They're coming because they may be fugitives from justice in their home country. They may be coming because they are involved with the drug cartels that are looking to set up an operation inside the United States. They may be terrorists looking to come to America as sleeper agents to carry out attacks when they're given the tap on the shoulder or the email or whatever it is that <clears throat> triggers them to action. We have no idea who they are, why they're here, or what dangers they pose to America. So this whole idea that they're all economic refugees, first of all, flies in the face of law, common sense, and and what's in America's best interest. Why is it that empathy and sympathy and compassion never applies to Americans? But on top of it, we have the criminal element that are embedding themselves, and we saw it in Europe with terrorists flowing in with refugee flows. We've seen it here, the Tsarnaev family claimed political asylum. They came from Russia. They said, we can never go back to Russia We will face persecution or worse. And as soon as we gave them asylum, they went back to Russia. And then two of their boys wound up attacking the Boston Marathon back in 2013. They lied through their teeth. They lied through their teeth. And now everyone is asking the politicians, the journalists, when can we have comprehensive immigration reform? And, in fact, it was interesting. I was watching an interview on Fox News um, with with Caitlyn um, Jenner. She's running for governor of California, if you don't know, and they asked her, where do you stand on immigration? She said, well, we have to have a legal system, but I personally know some immigrants who have been here for years, and we need to take care of them. So the follow-up question is, so do you favor amnesty? Well, they've been living here for a long time. Yes, of course I do. Well, what's the follow-up question here, folks? Let's see how good you are. The art of the question. The French philosopher Voltaire said you judge a person's intelligence by the questions they ask. So Caitlyn Jenner was asked, do you favor amnesty? And Caitlyn's response was yes, if they have been here for a long time. And the journalist said, okay, fair enough.
0: Fair enough? No, not
1: fair enough. The first question you need to ask is how do you determine how long an illegal alien has been living here?" Now, even if you agree with the notion, and I have mixed feelings, And by the way, there are ways of ending deportation against aliens who've been here more than 10 years can demonstrate they have good moral character and that if we were to remove them from the United States, an American citizen or a lawful immigrant would suffer greatly because of their removal from the country. We are not without compassion. We are very compassionate in the way that we enforce and administer the immigration laws. So we do have that provision, but that's a case that gets investigated on a case-by-case basis. which means an agent has to go out and knock on doors and conduct interviews and do an investigation. If Biden was to get his way and implement a massive comprehensive immigration reform program, first of all, we're looking at 100 million people. We're looking at at least 25 to 30 million who would immediately apply, and then they'd bring in all their kids and spouses. God knows it could be over 100 million. But here's what nobody ever asks. Can you interview Twenty million, or 30 million or 40 million of course not the DACA recipients this is never discussed no interviews so there was a 95% approval rating so Kate Jetta may be meaning well but not understanding and the reporters I don't know why they're out for lunch never follow up and say well how would you determine how long these folks are here If we wind up with tens of millions of applications, there's no way we could interview them. There's no way we could do a field investigation. There's no way we could make a determination if the alien came here 10 days ago or 10 years ago. And please don't tell me we're going to look at rent receipts because most illegal aliens use multiple fake names. I've arrested people with five and six different sets of ID in their pockets. Who are they? When did they get here? Where are they from? God only knows. <clears throat> so if you cannot determine how long they're here, then what you're really saying is forget about if they're here for a long time. We will automatically approve any illegal alien for a green card. So why bother with a legal visa process if that's the case? They want to take what they call as a broken immigration system and put it to work processing maybe 100 million applications. What could possibly go wrong? The 9-11 Commission determined that immigration fraud, people lying on immigration applications and visa applications, were the number one way for criminals and terrorists to enter the United States, hide in plain sight, and kill lots of people. The very first time I testified before Congress, I think I hold some kind of a record. I've been before something like 17 congressional hearings in the House and Senate. My very first hearing was back on May 20th, 97, four years before 9-11. And it was on the topic of immigration fraud and visa fraud because of the two terror attacks carried out in 1993 by individuals from the Middle East who gained the immigration system. uh, Pakistani, by the name of Kansi, shot up the CIA January 93. By the way, he used a motor vehicle for giving licenses to people whose identity is unverifiable. And then a month later, the bombing at the Trade Center where an illegal alien rented the truck, and an illegal alien drove the truck, and they filled the truck with explosives, parked it in the garage of the World Trade Center, and blew it up. Six dead, over 1,000 injured. They almost brought the tower down sideways. There was a half billion dollars in damage, half billion with a B. They all committed fraud. They lied about asylum. They lied about their identities. They produced fake identity documents, multiple violations of immigration law. No one's talking about that. It's the 20th anniversary of 9-11. It's time we spoke about it. Nancy Pelosi is running around saying, well, we need a 9-11 commission so that we can go after what happened on January 6th. Someone needs to say, hey, Nancy, have you read the 9-11 commission report since you seem to be such a big fan of it? If you did, how do you square your support for the Biden administration's open borders and massive amnesty proposals when this goes 180 degrees in the exact opposite direction from the warnings and recommendations of the 9-11 Commission. So you have the hypocrisy that the states must follow federal law or we're going to cut off your funding, something Trump wanted to do for sanctuary cities, and the courts slapped them down. I wonder what the courts are going to do now. Because Missouri and other states, are filing suit, and they're not backing down, and other states need to join them. Do not back down. Full speed ahead. Damn the BS. Sanctuaries are okay if it's against immigration law, but sanctuaries are not okay if it's against the Second Amendment. Really? This is about public safety? Really? Tell that to Kate Steinle's family. Tell that to other families who lost loved ones to illegal aliens who should have been deported but weren't because locales refused to honor detainers that had been lodged against criminal aliens. That's about as blatant as it gets. I testified at the murder trial of a 24-year-old cop who was killed by an illegal alien I had physically deported, Ronaldo Reza, not from Mexico but Panama. The guy had a green card. He had everything he ever wanted, and he became involved with narcotics. He was a violent scumbag. And he wound up going for Officer Machadi's gun, and he shot Officer Machadi. killed him on a street corner in Brooklyn, New York. I testified at the trial. These aren't victimless crimes. How dare the Justice Department invoke public safety on the Second Amendment but ignore public safety where immigration laws are concerned? Outrageous. The second largest contingent of law enforcement officers, Assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force are immigration officers. Why? Because immigration laws are the laws most frequently violated by terrorists and criminals from other countries. We're being left vulnerable. People are dying, and Biden's okay with it. Wow. And they sent Kamala Harris down to the border, and from the account that I read, she went to a port of entry in El Paso. I've been to El Paso. Hundreds of miles from where the aliens are running the border. She didn't go out on patrol with the Border Patrol. She's there to see the crisis. Really? So she goes to a port of entry and probably wasn't happy that one of the officials said that the conditions where they're holding these minor aliens now are horrific conditions. But did she go to see it with her own eyes? Of course not. Did she go out with the Border Patrol to see people running the border? Of course because she didn't want that photograph on the front page of newspapers. And slowly but surely, the mainstream media is now compelled to report on it. Newsweek did an article I wrote about it the front page a couple of weeks ago. Even that wrote about the crisis on the border. They can't ignore it anymore. You know, you can't ignore the Atlantic Ocean. You can't say, well, I was going to walk from New York to London. Really? What about the Atlantic Ocean? Oh, mm, didn't think about that. Maybe someone should be asking AOC about that, because she wanted, I guess, have trains go from, what, California to Hawaii? It's a genius. <laughs> so we've got a barmaid calling the shots. There's an interesting pun, interesting play on words, huh? This is madness. That was not a visit to the border to see what's going on. It was a publicity stunt because they heard Trump was going to be there, and they scrambled. And some media said, oh, no, they had planned this long in advance. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They couldn't be eclipsed by Donald Trump, so she suddenly goes to the border. So the challenge for Kamala is how do you go to the border? Without going to the border, you go to a port of entry. It's nice and sterilized. You don't see people running the border. Everything is nice and clean, and no one's wading through the Rio Grande, and everyone's happy. This is pathological. This is pathological. But why aren't the Republicans talking about the 9-11 Commission report? Pelosi opened up the door. I I used to debate on the college level. I was going to teach debate had I not become a federal agent. It's the perfect opportunity. Hey, Nancy, you want to talk about the 9-11 commission? Let's do just that. Have you read the report? Can you explain why Biden is violating the findings and recommendations of this commission, that you want to serve as the role model for a commission to see what happened on January 6th? Why is that? It's a checkmate question. There is no rational answer Nancy can give, except maybe to run for some ice cream in her freezer chest to distract everybody. I'm concerned that the Republicans aren't raising the 9-11 commission report because they want to pass comprehensive reform, and they know that if they raise this argument, it's over. We need to raise the argument. Pelosi wants a 9-11-style commission. Bring it on, and let's start by reading the 9-11 Commission report. <clears throat> let's see how that report squares with the actions and executive orders of the Biden administration. You want to talk about the lives of the people of Missouri or the lives of the people of the United States? Why don't we talk about the criminal aliens and the gangs who are killing people, almost most frequently, by the way, within the ethnic immigrant communities, not just from Latin America, because human nature is human nature. You see? The 9-11 Commission Report should be everyone's focus, especially now that the Justice Department is against sanctuary cities where the Second Amendment is concerned, but has no problem with policies, sanctuary policies where immigration is concerned. Folks, this is a slam dunk. This isn't low-hanging fruit, to use that expression. I call this fruit in the basket. This is such a winning argument that Nancy pelosi would probably vibrate and cry maybe she would put her mask on again and cover her whole head with it there is no answer how can you be opposed to sanctuary policies for the second amendment but favor sanctuary policies for the immigration laws that serve as america's first line of defense think about that question that's the question we should be asking these political yo-yos that claim they represent us the second article worth looking at also, was an article that I wrote for a website that I've been affiliated with for many years. They used to publish the social contract, and I believe I've written a total of 20 articles for the social contract, and these were lengthy articles. Some of them, uh, I mean, really long, 10, 15-page articles. U.S. Incorporated, or U.S. Inc., dot org, and so they've invited me to write for them Uh, provide them with a couple of articles a month i I gave them an article earlier this month my most recent article is biden administration advances environmentally unsustainable immigration policies and what triggered my article was kind of interesting Um, i wrote the article based on the fact that there, there was a report that because of climate change it is expected that there will be an increase In drought throughout the western half of the united states and it's not going to go away this is going to be a permanent feature of america there's going to be a drought and i did a little bit of digging online and i found it interesting that according to some websites people need around 82 gallons of water a day for sanitary purposes going to the bathroom taking a shower cooking and drinking 82 gallons per person and then every person needs perhaps an acre of land for the food that we eat. So the land has to be irrigated, and that takes lots of water. Forget 82 gallons, it's lots more than that. So imagine the administration says, we've got a problem, a drought is coming. We are gonna have severe water shortages. So what's the first thing you wanna do when there's a severe water shortage? Bring in millions of people that need water. What else would you do? I just want all of you to just stop and think about the enormity of this insanity. We know that we're going to have water shortages, according to all these scientific studies that they believe, and the reaction isn't to say, we don't have water. Sorry, you can't come. Come on down. So what do we do if there's a water shortage and we don't have enough water for Americans or enough water for the people who come here, is the goal to destroy the United States of America. That has to be a valid question. Everybody who comes here needs water, food, electricity, sewerage. We have problems with the generation of electricity. We only want clean energy. They're talking about rolling blackouts. Again, if we don't have enough electricity for the current population, what's the best thing you can do? Well, according to Biden, it's adds tens of millions of more people. What else? Is this insane, insanity or what? Now, here's something else. Title 42 of the federal laws provides immigration to be able to deny entry to aliens into the United States for medical reasons. Go back to the original grounds for exclusion. Aliens are dangerous communicable diseases. Donald Trump implemented that program to prevent people with COVID from entering the United States, to make certain that we wouldn't wind up with more deaths, to make certain that what limited medical resources we had could be devoted to Americans, lawful immigrants, and those who are already here. What's Biden doing? We're going to take down this program using Title 42 so that people can come in no matter whether or not they're sick. Meanwhile, Biden is complaining that he's not going to meet the objectives of giving enough inoculation to enough people. And they're working hard at it, but we're going to bring in more people who might have COVID, and there's a new variant of the virus. God knows he might be bringing in more people with the variant. Some countries are going to lockdown again out of their concerns. So you would think that Biden would jump on this and say, look, what Trump did was right, whether I like him or not. We have to continue to keep people from coming in unless they're screened and we know they don't have the covid virus you would think nope that's going away so in the face of an impending drought in the face of an impending increase in, in in covid what's the solution bring in more people then biden said the solution to gun violence is get the guns off the street no get the criminals off the street i've been carrying a firearm since 1975 when i first became an immigration special agent and you may be shocked to know this, but my guns have never gone out and committed a crime. It's hard to believe. I'm always standing by with my camera in case it happens. But none of my firearms ever round down the block and shot somebody. Crimes are committed by criminals. And he talked about recidivism. He, Biden, the solution for recidivism of criminal aliens, and I've written about this, is you deport them. If they're not on the street, they can't commit more crime. But the sanctuary cities and Biden's policies are turning criminal aliens loose on streets across America. And they're killing more people. And we're going to blame the guns. And then Joe Biden said, the solution is jobs for American kids. So instead of picking up a gun, they'll pick up a paycheck. Oh, how wonderful. So what are we doing? He wants to bring in an army of foreign workers to compete with these American kids who can't find work during the summer. I want someone to explain to me how a single statement or a single action taken by the Biden administration makes sense to anybody. That is my challenge to you. I see there's somebody who called. Let me see if I can bring up whoever it was that called me. Hello, you're speaking. Yeah, with how are Cutler.
0: you today? are going in the right direction. Uh, this is Thomas. You know Thomas. Everybody knows me, man. I'm world world known.
1: Okay. How are you, Thomas?
0: Thanks for the call. Yeah, I'm okay. I, I, I hope you're, I I hope hope you're, you're
1: enjoying on... the program, and I and I hope you're going to share the information with as many of your friends as possible, because I don't think that there's a possible answer that Biden or his uh, administration can provide to anybody to explain or justify what he's doing.
0: Right. Did you hear this recent uh, press conference when he was talking about the uh, infrastructure and he started whispering the, the
1: news. Yes, I saw it.
0: I, look, the guy has all kinds
1: of problems, but Joe Biden's problems are now America's problems. And, and again, I'm, yeah, I'm interested right? as a Democrat. I can't think of the last time I voted for a Democrat, but I want you to know I'm not being partisan. You know what I am being is American. And we need to have politicians yeah, well. who actually make the best interests of America and Americans
0: their priority. What do you think of that novel idea? Yeah, let's start with the beginning of this country, the founding fathers. Let, let's go with what they they said uh is, is the law of the of the land. Because that's my well, I I I problem. I don't follow anybody but the founding fathers. Everyone well, else is a you- moron. well I'm going to let you continue to listen, but I, I wanted to get
1: back to what, to what I was talking about. But I, I thank you for the call. I hope you have a great weekend and a great Fourth of July coming up. Yeah.
0: But I urge
1: you no, to suggest that your friends um,
0: get to the whole my website and listen to the podcast. The 14th Amendment, my man. The 14th Amendment was okay. tyranny. We need to get back to the original citizenship law of the Founding Fathers, and then we're good. I, I, well, we, we really need to revisit this whole notion of uh, –
1: Citizenship for the children of illegal aliens. I agree with you, but let me let me get back to what I was going to say. But I just noticed you were on the line that I, I just wanted to make certain to. not well, ignore I appreciate you. it, man. So I thank you. For I'm
0: going to start a blog myself, so you can come join me when I do.
1: Okay, that's great. Thank you. Have a great weekend.
0: Yeah. All right, man. You too. Yeah. So, um, so,
1: so, so here's here's the issue, though, folks. Our government is no longer representing the best interests of America or Americans. And that's something that we, the people, need to um, get across to the politicians and make them accountable. And please don't look to see if a politician has that little R or the little D after their name. It's almost meaningless. Always, always, always look to see what the specific politician's positions are on key issues. I don't care if they're with the Hopping Kangaroo Party. The issue isn't party. The issue is America. And when politicians take huge amounts of money from various campaign contributors who are really bribers, you know that they're taking that money with the expectation that they will deliver. This is the employer-employer relationship. The employer writes the check. The employee deposits the check. And when politicians say to you, well, I don't take political action committee money, PAC money, they do give major checks to both political parties, and the political parties distribute the money to the politicians from those parties that do what they are told. So maybe the money doesn't go directly into the account of, of Congressman uh, you know, Joe Schmidlap or whatever, but the political party that Joe Schmidlap is from will give him or not give him money, depending on how loyal he is to what the party wants them to do to placate the people writing the checks. If that isn't corruption, I want somebody to explain corruption to me. We're living in a very perilous era, and we're in a situation that basically, I think, is the fault of the American people. We have been ignoring and neglecting politics for far too long. It's a filthy business. It's boring. People would much rather go to a football game than a political convention. But we have got to attend the town hall meetings. We have got to ask the politicians pointed questions. But we also need to be very well aware of the issues before we go to those events. And we need to get together with our friends and neighbors, work out a script so that you can ask follow-up questions. The first question you ask someone is kind of like the jab to the chin. The follow-up is the haymaker that knocks them down. Very often, politicians won't allow a follow-up question. So if you work in concert with your friends and neighbors so that everyone's reading off the same sheet of music, if you will, you can get those follow-up questions, and you can make certain that you videotape how the politician answers or doesn't answer. And if you saw that nonsense that happened at a school board meeting a couple of days ago in Virginia where the school board walked out on the parents and then had the police arrest a couple of the parents for unlawful assemblage because they ended the meeting early because they didn't like what they were hearing, I have a simple question. Who does the school board work for? Who put that school board into power? The school board is supposedly consists of members of the community. So they had their neighbors arrested for asking questions that they didn't like because they're all in on critical race theory. Folks, we don't need critical race theory. What we need is critical thinking training, critical thinking training. We don't hold people responsible for the crimes that their brothers or sisters or parents or grandparents committed. But under critical race thinking, white Americans are responsible for all of America's ills. It doesn't even matter if their families were even in America when those uh, crimes were committed, whether it's slavery or you, you pick whatever offense they want to jump up and down about. You hold people responsible for their own actions. Skin color isn't an action. Skin color isn't a crime. But critical race theory essentially declares white skin to be a criminal skin. Think about what I'm saying to you. This is how the Holocaust started. Jews were singled out. It was the Jews' fault that the Nazis weren't doing well, and we had the Holocaust. You study history to prevent it from recurring. When you look at the Holocaust, when you look at what happened in Nazi Germany, and you look at the fascists who call themselves anti-fascists, wow, takes my breath away. It should take everybody's breath away. We have responsibilities to our children, to our country, to our grandchildren, to our neighbors. What we really need to focus on, folks, is what makes us the same. And what makes us the same? We're all Americans. We're all Americans. That is something that should be uniting all of us, e pluribus unum, out of many, one. This divisive insanity, I believe, is part of a broader plan of divide and conquer. Abraham Lincoln was right when he said a house divided against itself will not stand. They are dividing Americans against Americans to weaken us. When they say they, I'm referring to Iran and Russia and China. They've infiltrated our news organizations. Matter in fact, Time Magazine just ran an article about how Iran uh, had broken into our computer systems and were interfering with the elections, trying to keep Trump from being re-elected trying to pit Americans against Americans after the death of George Floyd. Interesting article coming from Time Magazine. It's certainly part of the mainstream media. But just like Newsweek, a couple of weeks ago, Time Magazine apparently made an editorial decision that the facts are too crystal clear to ignore. Maybe the dam is finally breaking. Maybe news organizations will finally remember what a news organization is supposed to do for a living. I certainly hope so, but we as Americans can speed that day. You must get involved. I want you to always remember that democracy is not a spectator sport. It's an honor and privilege to join you. I hope you'll be back here again next Friday for my program, but you should also know that on Monday I'm going to be on Newsmax television around 11 o'clock in the morning East Coast time this Monday to discuss these two same articles at Newsmax TV. Thank you for joining me. Stay safe. Be well. See you next week.